Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you like to watch your podcast, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. While you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. A little side note here for you musicians and artists out there. If you like the beats you hear on the show and need some inspiration or would like to get a hold of one of these beats, make sure to hit up our good friend Ace Ha at Ace Ha Beats on YouTube and at Ace Ha Beats on SoundCloud. We are pumped to announce that Raised on the Radio has teamed up with Morphogen Nutrition out of Columbus, Ohio. This is a company we have been following for a long time and have used a lot of their products. They literally have everything you need to give your health a boost, whether that be physically or mentally. They have products such as Calm that helps manage stress and anxiety. They have products such as Party, which is a pre-party harm reduction supplement for when you know you're going to have a cocktail or four. They have pre, intra, and post-workout supplements, nootropics, multivitamins, mind and mood boosting supplements, etc. Best of all, all of their products are GMP certified, manufactured in the USA, and third-party tested so you know you are getting a no BS, scientifically validated, effectively dosed supplement that you never have to question. Just go to MorphogenNutrition.com and use discount code ROTR for 10% off. It is that easy. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you would like to go hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social medias. You can reach us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to RaisedOnTheRadioSTL.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, do not hesitate to reach out. Now, let's get into this episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Cole Barcato. Patrick Blair is with me as usual. Hey, uh, to start the show off, let's do something different. Let's uh, go ahead and pull up a video real quick. I want you to okay. pull up you got? Uh, Post Malone on Howard yeah. Stern doing the cover of Them Bones. Yeah, yeah. That just happened. Yeah, it was like six days ago or something. I didn't yeah, even, I didn't even I know this it. happened. I just seen a clip on YouTube just like right before we started the show. Oh, did you not know about it until you saw a clip? Right. Oh, wow. Did you watch it? I did. Are we going to watch it for the first? Oh, you did. No, I watched it. And I have, I have a point of view that I think may be different from yours. And I want to see... Shocking. But uh, let's go with it. <laughs> well, okay. So I really think that this might be one of those where like a musician may have a different ear for this than I do. Oh, boy. This again? Yeah, this again. This may be every episode. Come on now. Like I listen to this in? the same way you do. Okay, so it was awful. But maybe not. It was awful to you too, is what you're saying? No, I didn't think it was awful at all. I thought it was good. <laughs> all right, let's all play. Right, you let's thought play it was this. awful. Let's play this. Do we need any lead in? No. Uh, no. So, them bones, famous song. Yep. Uh, originally done by Alice in Chains. Yep. This is not the first time that he's done this on Howard. I don't remember what he did 
the last time. I know he did a grunge song. We'll look it, it up it after was, this. It was uh, Better Man by Pearl Jam. That's right. <clears throat> I, I like that too. I actually That was a good choice for him. I didn't watch that. I just seen that that was a clip from a year ago, so I figured that's what it was. Yeah, so you don't even know what you're saying. You I just don't. told I never, me something. I never do. I went with it. You don't even know. <laughs> All right, here we go. Before, before, do you like this song by Alice in Chains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It is a classic. It's one of their... Yeah. One of their most well-known... It's got to be top three most well-known songs by them, right? Uh, what would you put your, your other two? I, uh, Wood? Rooster. Rooster and Rooster Wood. Rooster and Wood. Yeah. Those three Probably. would be the top three? Okay. I would think so. Uh, name it to the flood again. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't. What's that song called? I don't know. Anyway, here we go. Is it called Flood? We'll get into that later. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Jars <laughs> of Clay. <laughs> what? So like already I'm sold. I'm really? this, and this I'm is the not, point where I I'm not I, I feel like but his, this is the point where I watched the first time I was like this is dope. You don't like the background singing? The, no, dude, the background that's the part that that's dope. the part that I like. I don't feel like okay. it matches his voice, and I don't feel like I don't oh, know. Oh man, you are nitpicking this. His voice. All right, is, let's keep going. I don't know. His voice is too scratchy for this for me. I don't know why. He's singing Wayne Staley. I I understand that. The other thing that I really love is that he was hitting a note that you were making a face at, but uh-huh. I'll back it up for you so you can do it again. But I really like how into, and even if they're faking it, I don't give a fuck. I like how into the performance the background singers are. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that. How many of the background singers back there do you think actually knew what this song was before they learned it? Two. Two. Three. I don't maybe. Uh, I don't know, man. Th- this song has been around for a long time. You know, you say that, but then YouTube's full of fucking vocal coaches reacting to Tool. And it's like, really, you didn't know who Tool was, you fucker. Eh. Like, I hate that shit. Yeah. But I believe it now. I've seen these videos so many times where like, it's my first time hearing Papa Roach. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's my first time hearing Black Sabbath. Like, you've heard Black Sabbath. Right. How could you be breathing and not have heard right. a Black Sabbath song? Right. I don't know. 
I'll back it up what? so you can make that face again. <laughs> How many we got? So three, six, seven background singers. Yeah. I'm not going to make any judgments, but I'm going to say six of them don't know what that song was. <laughs> That's a great fucking song, man. I get the chills when I listen to that song still. It's yeah. such a good song. Yeah. So did you watch to the end of this clip? Uh, No, I cut it off there. So I don't want to hear Howard talk to any musician so, ever about anything. Okay. So but should but, I? But no, should I, I? I think you, I think you'll like this. And the reason why I say this is because he actually isn't talking to Post Malone. He's talking to all of them and he makes them. Oh, that's dope. He makes them do what their warm-up is for this song, and it's pretty freaking oh, awesome. Yeah. So play this. First of all, what a great look. Great job. I love this choir with you and the band. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of choir, fun to watch. Fuck fate. God, he's Do so you ever old practice that song on, on your own by yourselves uh, without post when you get ready? We do, yeah. We warm up. and. Can I hear the warm-up? I want to hear what you guys... I want to hear how you guys warm up. Can you do it for me? I would appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, sure. I feel so alone, gonna end up a big old pile of them. I feel so alone, gonna end up a big old pile of them. I feel so alone, gonna end up a big old pile of them bones. Beautiful. Yeah, it's fucking the shit. Dude. For seven for seven <laughs> people to do that just like on the fly like that was pretty dope. Well, dude, they've practiced that. Well, yeah, I know, but still. But they're pros, too. They're pros. Yeah. They're pros. They're yeah. pros. They, they Practice aside, yeah. They'll, but, dude, that's how you get that gig. If someone goes, sing to me, you sing. You don't think about it. You don't hesitate. You do it. That's true. Yeah. For real. That's what it takes to have that gig. You don't, you have no fear. It doesn't matter what the, the venue is, who's asking you to do it. Do you have a mic? Do you not have a mic? Do you have in-ears? Do you not? doesn't matter. You do it. Yeah. And I have the most respect for singers that are just able to just go, yep, here it is. Bam. Let it fly. I'll fuck around. I do it on the show, but it's like, for me, there's always that thought of like, does that sound bad? You know? Yeah. So like, I like to put myself in a position like, let me think about it. Okay, here are the notes. These guys, fuck it. So good. <laughs> so it's so good. I was going to say that I liked Post Malone's vibe until I saw his sandals and I was like, what in the fuck are we doing? I didn't, I didn't see sandals, but dude, have you, I mean, it's Post Malone. Have you seen his face? Have you seen everything like he, <laughs> do you really think that? <laughs> he makes me want face tattoos. I think you're lying. Because he's, 
such a nice guy. Like he seems like such a down to earth nice guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He seems like a Whereas cr- like other Oh, oh, you're about to be a hater. I, no, I was going to say, I'm actually surprised on the sandals just because I'm surprised they weren't Crocs. Seems like a Crocs oh, yeah. guy to me. Uh, well, he is white trash, so. Well. I'm, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not a Post Malone hater. You really hater. didn't like that? I'm not a Post Malone hater. I'm not. I There are several songs that he has that I do like. Um, he's not in my shuffle, but. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like he was trying, like he needed was trying to do like a register above where he was actually at. Um, I mean, I think it was tough for him because it's again, it's Lane Staley. That's that. That's not. Again, if you're putting me on, put give me a list of singers that I would not cover. There's another one. Just wouldn't do it. It's not easy, man. The dude has a dynamic. He had a powerful voice, man, and he had that the ability to go from clean to that guttural thing that he did and to the raspy to the, you know, yeah, to the sort of like, he had a really good mid range vocal too, that you didn't hear a lot, but he did do it sometimes. And yeah, I mean, I think he did a good job, dude. I think you're being overly critical. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, you are the hater on the show now. Yeah. Are you, uh, but before you do that, are you a fan of green day? Yeah. Did you have you heard the new song? No. I've seen thumbnails for it and stuff, but I haven't listened to it. I wasn't in the right place. Both 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 <laughs> three or four times. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't in the right place. Okay. Uh should we listen to it now? You can, yeah. Is this a good time? Yeah. It, I mean What's it called again? Uh Amer- the American Dream is killing me, I think. Yeah. Okay. Of course they're talking about the American Dream. God damn it. Stop. I get it. Or we, I mean, we can listen to Finn McKenzie talk about it if you want to do that instead. <laughs> no, because I actually have a video I want to pull up. Did you see him? Did you hear him interview Caleb from Beartooth? Is that recent? Yeah. Oh, no. Right. I have to listen to that. There, there's a couple of really good clips that I think you need to see. So we'll, okay. we'll get into this a little bit here. Okay. Dream is killing me. By the way, there's no surprise here. This is Green Day. If there's an example of who has achieved the American dream, it's this motherfucker. Sure. So why is it killing you? Dude, you're 50. Like it's time to I don't know the angsty like I don't know it's it's still fun it's a, it's a fun song it's so still, far I mean that that is what the, what that is what the music is though I mean that's what they've always been but it you doesn't have to be uh, to be them it'll be like the toilet yet, cleaner is killing me because I take Metamucil now like I don't I don't know I just it's I don't know <laughs> you've achieved the American dream like why is it so it's killing. It's killing you because other people haven't achieved it. Like, is that what this song's about? Uh, maybe. Let's, let's find I, out. I don't know.
like that line. I like the music video a lot. It's neat. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. TikTok and taxes under the overpass. Sleeping in broken glass. We are not well. Are we not well? Cracked up into the wild. We're paid in for the American dream is killing me. The American dream is killing me. When it's all double talk of insanity, the American dream is killing me. Hey. All right, we get the point. Um, it's a catchy song. Yeah, that's gonna be one thing those dudes know how to do is write a catchy song. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. I like it. I I like the the sort of uh, bar punk vibe that it has. Kind of reminds me of like a. I don't know. It has like a. Did you make up that genre, or is that actual thing? I think I made it up, but I mean, (laughs) people would know what I'm talking about. It reminds me of like a. There's like a hint of like a flogging Molly or. Like a Dropkick Murphys, bands like that, okay. without minus the, you know, all that. But it has that feeling to me, anyway. Gotcha. Um, it's cool. I like it. So he he think everyone else, everyone else is being killed by the American dream. So it's killing him. Apparently so. Does he donate to charity, or is he fed a homeless guy recently, or what? I don't know. I mean, apparently he's still that in the would, bar. That would be it. <clears throat> apparently he's out in the bar scene, though. Remember that video not too long ago where he like got up on stage with that girl and started singing, and she didn't even know who it was at first. I thought we watched no. this video on the show, didn't we? Did we? I have no idea. I thought we did. So he, I don't remember where it was. It, where it was at, but he was actually, it was at a bar, and they started playing a Green Day song, and he just jumped up on stage and took the mic. And the girl started yeah. freaking out for a second, not knowing who it was, and then realized, holy shit. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. All right, so what are you saying? Now you're saying that there was a couple of... Yeah, so there's this one, and I just saw one earlier. Yeah, okay. This was the... Does music glamorize mental illness and addiction? So I'm curious to see what he has to say. So for those that don't know, Caleb, the singer of Beartooth, has been very open and honest about his struggles with mental health, depression, you know, taking medication, being an alcoholic to sort of numb himself from the mental illness and the depression. And now he's stopped drinking. He stopped doing drugs, stopped smoking, stopped vaping started running marathons, got in shape, made himself look good. Cause he always had like body dysmorphia as well. Like hated the way he looked. So I'm curious to see what he says. So, and the reason I bring this up and I don't want to show you clips prior to this is because he talks about how he was really scared to put out this bear tooth record because it's so positive. Like the overall theme 
of a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the, the what you know the meaning behind the songs is positivity. You know, we talked about this before, where I feel like a lot of the songs, he's like, I'm not there yet, but I'm figuring it out finally. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, I don't know if you saw, but one of the headlines of one of the, or one of the titles of the other videos was like, I wish Caleb was still a depressed alcoholic. So apparently a bunch of people have started a Reddit page where they're like, yeah, this sucks. It's too poppy. It's too positive. We liked it better when he was depressed and screaming his head off and had, you know, was complaining about everything. And I'm like, I wanted to be like, hey, assholes. He wasn't complaining about anything. He was getting shit off of his chest right. through the music. Right. Just like he's doing now. Right. So I want to see. I have not watched this yet. So I want to see what he has to say about this. He jo- Oh, he just released this, this clip too, 11 hours ago. Oh, wow. So I'm curious to see what he has to say because, again, he talks about how he was scared to put out this record because he knows what his fans were expecting or what the Beartooth fans were expecting, what metalcore fans were expecting and he's like dude we released the first single and i was i had my shirt off and i was doing pop dances with backup dancers like it was a pop video it was like it was terrifying but at the end of the day we made it through the records out and so here we are so i'm curious to see what this is do you have any questions before i play this no let's do it all right trendy now Mm. um what do you think about that you know, maybe really bothers me how much Caleb looks like Bond. I stay. F- I can. I can see it. F- yeah. Yeah. Oh, my wife says Bond and my buddy Jason. Kramer. Kramer. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to see. I'd have to see him side by side or something. I, I don't. I don't. See, I don't <laughs> see matter. it. I don't see it. But okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Far away enough from it of like I can keep myself pretty out of tune with with the scene and with things that are probably going. a good thing um yeah I, you know i i think in some ways it's in some ways it's just not good for my job <laughs> like i should right. be more involved but i think for some ways it's kind of important for me to do that but um yeah i, I mean i do i i don't know if it's necessarily like being glamorized i but i think and I'm speaking from personal experience as somebody who's been like, I mean, I've had so many people, especially in the earlier days, being like, who is this dude? Just, you know, you're using depression as a way to like make right. it in short. Who the fuck would say that? Dude, I'm the same people that are making these reddits about how they wish he was depressed and an alcoholic still. But the depression isn't making the money. It's the music as a whole, as a collective. I, I get that. It's not just his, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, it's it comes from such an ignorant place to like say something that just, it's just so, un, it's like an unintelligent point of view from someone who's mad that he's being successful. They're yeah. like, they're like nitpicking every little detail of like him seeing any sort of like positivity from the music. It annoys the fuck out of me, man. I'll tell you a story after we watch this about someone else who had to deal with something similar to that. Okay. Um, and so I do realize kind of like the danger of it and that I know for me, I am I can sleep at night knowing every word I said had no ulterior motive, was nothing other than me just trying to be honest and what happened happened. And I've done that for every record and I sleep really good at night. But I do know how business works and yeah. i know how money works and i know that there are a lot of other bands 
that have seen bands like a Lincoln Park or like a whatever who talk about these really heavy emotional things um, and see that it works. And so they do what works and they try and write songs about that to make money. And I do think that's kind of like dangerous. Yeah. And it's just as I have grown up, you know, obviously when I was 19, it was way different. But like now that I'm 30 years old, I I think that there's a difference between expressing your pain so that people understand that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And then there's a diff and then there's like glamorizing. And then there's like, um, you know, and I use the word romanticizing. Which yeah. is which I I use in Riptide. I mean, I'm literally calling myself out. I say this is the last time that I'll romanticize the Riptide that's trying to drown me. The tortured uh, artist kind of thing. Yeah, and, and it's like I think that I could keep doing that, and it could be from an honest place, uh, but I'm choosing not to anymore. Um, and obviously, there are still I'm going to write stuff that's heavy. I'm going to write stuff that's sad. But like to your point of that, there may be artists who are doing this. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think it happens. And, and not and just I, artists. I mean, just like random people on TikTok or something that sort of construct oh, like their whole, general, yeah. yeah, constructing their whole identity around the fact that they have some mental health issue, which again, I totally get it. I'm sympathetic, but yeah. for their sake, I would just say like, man, yeah, that's just unhealthy. Like, yeah, you don't like, want to live this way. That's scary. It's like, yeah, I, I yeah. have been there like 100%, not maybe not outwardly like choosing to create my make my identity being mentally ill but i've definitely been that person before where every single interview every single thing people ask me is like you're really fucking sad and fucked up <laughs> like oh well maybe what's that it, like <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like well it sucks okay, well let's let's look at this maybe if every single person is asking me why are you like this maybe there's something that i am doing that is giving, <laughs> leading them to think this. Um, and obviously, huh. he, I'm going to stop it there. I think we got the point, but like well, the other thing that bothers me is he, he brought up Linkin Park and like artists who sort, sort of like bank on the idea that the, the theme of the song is sad or angsty or whatever. But dude, think about all the bands that do that, that don't make money. Think about all the artists and people that do that, that use music as an outlet to get those feelings out that aren't seeing the type of numbers that Linkin Park or even a Beartooth gets. So I don't know that necessarily it's you're glamorizing or romanticizing anything. I think if anything, you're taking advantage of the idea that for three and a half minutes, you're able to put it aside while do you sing or perform that song. Do you think there's a jealousy factor here with the people who are listening to this 1, that, are, that, are, uh, that are upset that he's changed his life around? And, and I say that because like people who are mad now at this new album because it's more upbeat or because he's in a better place, you know, they're they're probably jealous because they love that more depressed music because that's the state that they're in. And that's the kind of music they want to be listening to while they're in that state and they right. don't necessarily, and if they, if they use that mental illness as their identity, then right. changing like what Caleb has done changes their identity. And that's not exactly what they want to do. 
No, they don't. And uh, jealous is a. Uh, I mean, you're probably right, but I think it's like an extreme for some people. I think for some people, it's just convenient for them to hate change and for yeah, them to true. That's true. hate to see someone not be what they are anymore, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, I get it, especially for someone who, you know, has mental illness or anything like of that nature, you know, change the word change you just use is it's a very hard thing to do. And it's almost like you would rather be comfortable in the depression than yeah. to break, try to break out and, and change and not without knowing what's really going to happen. Totally. And I, but I, but the, the problem with that is too, is there are so many people that do suffer from this that a don't know it or B don't talk about it. Yeah. You might hear a hint of it in the music and you, you make your own assumptions as the listener, but that's what I'm saying. Like there are so many people who use the music as a way of, as a retreat from whatever feelings they're having in the real world to, again, sort of putting themselves in this, in this, this vacuum of like invisibility, I guess for that, however long that song lasts or however long those three songs last or however long that album lasts. If it's an album full of this where you're using it, but, uh, I don't I don't want to call people out for this, but is there anyone that glamorizes mental? I mean, I'm sure there is. I can't think of any artist where I go, they're really, really tackling the mental health issue here, huh? Like, can we give it a rest? Like, I don't think that way. Right. But is there anyone that you can think of that kind of thematically, like, that's all they talk about? Uh, There's probably like a couple like emo rappers that are that way like i know like what's the dude's name uh the dude that overdosed a couple years ago mac miller not mac uh Lil peep i know that he was like oh, okay. notoriously known for that and, you know juice world yeah was very sort of open about his struggles with addiction and mental health and his addiction was caused by the mental health he always talked, he talked about in a couple of songs, like, well, they told me I was fucked up. So I've just sort of accepted it. That whole thing. Like he never like, he never accepted any, any like real, you know, di diagnosis from a, like a doctor or from like anyone. He just sort of was like, it's what they told me. So here it is. What's, and here's how I'm going to. What's scary is like how, I mean, how old was Juice World? 23, 24 when he died. So I, wasn't, I mean. Well, and you know, like Caleb was just saying, like his outlook based off of when he was 19 years old versus now he's 30. I thought he was older than that. I didn't know he was only 30. But I mean, 11 years, if you think about it, really isn't that long. No. Well, I mean, it is, it is but it's not. Dude, he was, Juice World was 21 when he died. Fuck. So see, that that's what I'm saying. That's That's what's scary is like for him to be rapping about that at 21 years old. But again, you and I come from a different time. We didn't have these outlets That's like we do today to sort of tell the world, I'm sad, right. I'm depressed, I'm this, I'm that. We didn't. But that's what sucks is like you use music as an outlet for that. Okay, that's great. But then if you actually 
do something with your life and do something for that, you get therapy or, you, you know, whatever. And you start fixing these things. And now like your outlook changes. So your lyrics change. And now your fan base changes because you're not talking about the same things. Like what the hell? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm trying to like think of like, and I don't, I don't even know if I want to think about this because it would change. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to put a, a, a scuff mark on an artist because I think that they're glamorizing their mental health through music. Like through personal experience, I can tell you this, like music makes me feel great. I love it. I love when I have an idea and I'm able to get it out. I'm able to record it. And if people like it, people like it again, I, so much of the music that I put out is music that I would listen to, even if I didn't do it. Um, and I can find comfort in that because the people that inspired me, people that made me feel good about making music, the people that made me feel better about myself, I always thought that they were the same way. Now, I don't know that to be true. I, don't, I have no idea. But that's how I felt. And that's how I always, and I don't want to know any different. That's the thing. I don't want to know. You know, I if if someone came to me, sent me a link like right now, Chino talks about he only did music for the money or he only did music. I'd be like, I don't know. I'm not reading that. I don't want to know that. I don't. Yeah. Brain Boy did music for to get chicks. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So like, you know, I look at some of these guys, you know, if you there's a Juice World documentary that came out I don't know. Too soon after he died, to be honest, but like most, it, it happens. Course, right. I watched it, and I, and as I'm watching it, I kind of look at the dude, and I'm like, well, I know one thing about him. He loves doing this music. There's one thing that I get if like my one takeaway from this is he loves making this music, and so I know that he sort of I could tell that he had like same sort of feeling that I, I get, and a lot of people get. It's like, ah, oh, this feels good. This is this is cool. It's cool to create. It's cool to get it out. And when you have an idea and, it, and you actually hear it played back to you or, you know, anything like that, you go, oh, yeah, that's why I put myself through that. Or that's why I'm willing to put myself through that. So I think with Caleb, it's the same sort of thing, man. Like, I find it interesting that he changed the the word from glamorized to romanticized. And I totally forgot that he had that lyric in that song. But that he's right. I mean, if you listen to that song, it's all about like, I'm not doing this anymore. This right. is going to be the last sad song. Get over it. I'm moving on. He's going to write another sad song. It's just the emphasis isn't going to be I'm sad. Yeah. The emphasis is going to be right now. What am I, what am I feeling right now? Yeah. Not my overall mental state, which I feel like he was kind of like, not trapped in, but sort of he was there. Yeah. Everyone knew it. There was no mistaking that. So, and I'll be honest with you, man. Before disease, I wasn't the biggest fan. I'm the same way. Now, a lot of those songs are good, and I like a lot of them. But with disease, he was able to get that out, and now he's moved on. So as a fan who was like, as someone who became a fan for that record, I guess his most vulnerable sad moment in music to move on to what he's moved on through the past few records. 
I'm sold. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, and again, just the, the, my opinion, I mean, my you, thing, but in your opinion though, have, have, I mean, he, he hasn't lost much of the old feel of the music though. Right. Like from, dis- so, from no. disease to Not this, I don't think so either. Well, even before disease. No, I mean, I, it bare tooth has a sound. Yeah. And, and I, they talk about that. Uh, Finn McKinty talks to him about that. And I actually watched an interview with Caleb, somebody else. I don't remember who the person was. Um, interviewed him and, you know, Beartooth is always going to be Beartooth. They're never going to change who they are musically as a band. I don't think so. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, if it impacts Caleb's right ability to be like a pop writer, because I I really do think he, again, just my guess, I really do think he enjoys being writing the popular side of the music. Yeah, it's cool to fucking scream and it's cool to growl and fine, but I think he enjoys challenging himself to write pop hooks. Yeah. Who doesn't? I mean, as a singer, as someone who actually sings clean, so being someone in a band who sings clean, you're always going to want to like challenge yourself to be like, can I write a hook? Can I top the next hook with, you know, like you, I don't know. He is a pop writer though. Like, yeah, there's no mistake in that. Well, what's the song? Uh, I remember when the single came out off this record, um, you, you had talked about how you think that in the moment he like just got a feeling that overwhelmed him when he just adds that woo, the, um, the woo in the middle of the song, like right after he, Oh hit, yeah. I don't remember what song that was, but like, he, uh, might love myself. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I just, I think that's really neat. If that's what happened. I mean, it sounds like just that's what happened it. and he just, he just kept it in there and it, it's awesome. Yeah. It sounds awesome in the song. Yeah. I, I think it's a feeling I could be completely wrong. I want it to be that feeling. Yeah. Because that's not only a great feeling as the performer, but as the listener too. Like me, that got me. I was like, oh, that was dope. Like yeah. I, I like I, moments. Yeah. Like I, that. I, I'm picturing him in the booth with his eyes closed, singing that. And like when he's, while he's singing it, it's like hitting him. Like what the lyrics yeah. that he's actually singing. And then he's like, Oh shit. Yeah. This is it. This is it mm-hmm. right here. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, it's so funny too because like I love watching like um behind the scenes footage of bands in the studio because so many like one band to the next it's so different their process their attitudes I'll actually pull this up and show you but we've talked about wage war a couple of times on the show but mm-hmm. their last record um I don't remember their names but their two vocalists released like vocal footage of them doing vocals in the studio. Dude, these guys, I I, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it was like they were like standing in line to get bowling shoes. Like that was like, they was like another day. It was just like, here we are. We're doing something. I couldn't believe it because the record is so great and so, their vocals so sound so, so great. What you're saying is they, they, just, they weren't into it. It's just like, this is just another day. No, of, I'm not saying that. I'm, saying? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I, I, I just think it was... I don't know. It's you watch it. You tell me. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I hope they put this on YouTube. Okay, the making of Manic. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is a great one. This dude, this is so good. Watch this. So we'll probably have to jump around. <clears throat> this is seven minutes long. Good God. 
Let's do slow burn. You're familiar with this record, though, right? Uh, I know a few songs off of it. Okay. You know, I, I didn't know the points played like two songs from this record. Well, wasn't... Uh, so Wage War came through and played like the Factory once or twice, didn't yeah. they? What one was, was the point? Sh- the point, point sponsored show? it. Yeah, so that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. the point. That was the one that Three Days Grace opened. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. Yeah. Burn! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, like when I started watching this already, like I just got I got the like the shit like the the fucking douche chills. Not because they're douches, but because I've been here. So many times, watch the dude just sitting there on the couch being like, Yeah, all right, (laughs) yeah, slow burn. I never give myself the time to heal, I bury all my. Oh, I had it! First line was good. Hey, can I... Oh. Can I see... You know who Bo Burnham is, right? Yep. Okay, so the lead singer of Wage War is if Al Coretta and Bo Burnham had a baby. (laughs) Just saying, you can't unsee it now, so you're welcome for that. Super (laughs) specific. This guy or the other guy? No, the other guy. (laughs) Okay, I gotta look at him again. Then circle the drain. With a pass we can! Pass we can! It's hard to say past we can't together. Yeah. With a past we can't erase in a stain of rename. With a past we can't erase in a stain of rename. That is Bo Burnham and Al's child. <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah, check this out. I feel like that'll definitely clean up nicely. Yes, sir. Give me the octave downs for those. Will we find closure or circle the drain? This is the money tape. Can we start over, start over? That's how the magic is made. Can we start over, auto tune on that bitch. It's, it's gonna dip. sound great on the song. In a stained every name. In a stained every name. I mean, I think I love, I love. Like when you hear him. Okay. I I might be getting ready to say the same thing that you were going to say. Yeah. Just listening to just this small little clip for anyone who doesn't know. And I really don't know much of like what behind the scenes looks like when people go and actually record with an engineer like this. But to hear little clips like that and then hear the song and understand yeah. like what the engineer actually does to make these songs sound as good as they are yeah. is insane. Oh, I would never let these clips out. <laughs> I would never. Uh, never. Not a chance in hell. No way. No way. No way. I would have night. I would kill myself. The sections, the top and the back. Listen to how good it sounds. That's so well. nuts, dude. You know, yeah. <laughs> we are here in Los Angeles. Yesterday we finished Slow Burn. Today we did Circle the Drain. Um... You like? You think the scoop would be? Is it? 
kind of is like less rappy. Like that. I like that better, yeah. Okay. Maybe get a little bit like, yeah, I'm numb, I don't feel nothing at all, face for the fall. It's got to be more like okay. punchiness to okay. it. Yeah, I'm numb, I don't feel nothing at all, brace for the fall. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm numb is cool. Do you like it? Yeah, it sounds interesting. Or it sounds more hip hop. It's a great song. Like, <laughs> whoa! Can you do a whole pass of it? Like yeah, that? I think so. That's what I'm saying. Like, a, a, give me all of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're really <laughs> selling it. Trying to but I feel the panic. Is it all up in my head? Am I going manic? Trying to calm myself down. I can't wait to hear what this sounds like. That's awesome. That's what I'm saying. so sick. Yeah. I think, I think if I just go, oh god, I don't want to talk. Cool, try it. Oh god, I don't want to talk. I think you need to oversell the breath. It needs to be like, it needs to be really, really audible. Okay. Oh god, I don't want to talk. Manic sick. I'm sure we'll revisit that song and work on a couple things, but. Crazy. If he did like a manic, manic, like with that, manic. yeah, could be cool. I'll try it. Yeah, try it out. Manic. That's sick. Yeah. Manic. It's sick because. It's I mean, that's basically Al's brother, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Justin. I can't unsee it now. <laughs> so fucked up. Uh. So yeah, very cool. But again, like their whole approach is so nonchalant, dude. Yeah. I am stressed the fuck out when I do this stuff. So is this why I'm assuming it's extremely important to find the engineer that really vibes with you and like has yeah, the dude. same mindset as you and all this, because this right here could be that engineer telling him like, no, what you're doing is wrong. Like you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Well, I'm sure they, I'm versus... sure he did, but. There's clips for the internet. Everything's got to be. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Everything's got to be kosher, but yeah, um, yeah. No, it totally, it depends on that for sure. You have to have somebody that you work well with. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that was interesting when I saw it. So you know, two days ago was uh, twenty year anniversary of Hybrid Theory by Lincoln Park, which is nuts, by the way. Yes, insane. Nuts, insane, and it had me. But since we're on the topic of recording. I just wanted to show you this because so did you know how I used to tell you to look up singers and their raw vocals? Mm -hmm. So without the music behind, did you ever do that? Did you ever tell me you listen to anybody do that? I have a few, but I can't, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I did it like right after was, you told me to. Was Chester one of them? Yeah, you that was one you gave me. I want to say. Really? Was, was Chris Cornell one of them too? Probably, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, in the honor of the anniversary, we'll do this real quick. And then I want to talk more about that record. 
Hold itself upon me Distracting, reacting Against my will I stand beside my own reflection It's haunting how I can't seem To find myself again My walls are closing in Without a sense of confidence I'm convinced that there's just too much pressure to take I felt this way before So insecure Dude, there's not much you have to do with that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's perfect. Well, I'll tell you this, man. Sonically speaking, there are not many records vocally that have sounded like that since. There are a few that I can name that are not as well known, but dude, the vocals on that are just so it's so well produced all around. But to me, that's uh, he he's a great singer, and I feel like he probably doesn't need much of anything but still the way those sound is I, I don't know that it's been duplicated since it's pretty crazy who i don't remember who produced that record i don't know why i can't remember this is it the same person who that did? produced meteora or different because i know you said you're not a big fan of meteora no i'm not a big fan not a, yeah i think it's a different person actually don gilmore i don't believe he did meteora Yeah, it was the same guy. Huh. Really? Hmm. Don Gilmore did both. Nice. And then they did Minutes to Midnight. That was with Rick Rubin. Yeah. He's like, you guys just need to find your inner selves and grow beards. <laughs> and uh, just say, fuck it. <laughs> Money doesn't matter. Um, it's my best Rick Rubin impression. Don't know if it was good or not. I didn't realize that a thousand sons was Rick Rubin too. Was a thousand was a thousand sons after Min Minutes to Midnight? Yeah, it was the one after that. Their techno record, which everyone hated, which I love. Yeah, love, love, love. And Living Things was co-produced by Mike Shinoda and Rick Rubin. Okay, I didn't know that either. Wow. Anyway, so. Yeah, 20 year anniversary of that record. It was their debut record. And I would call it top five best debut records of all time. Uh from for me, hundred percent. Maybe my number one. It's probably your number one. Yeah. Probably who would so, you yeah. who, who would you put up there with it? Um and this could be anybody. Yeah, I know. Um doesn't have to be an obvious one. I mean, in my wheelhouse, maybe like breaking Benjamin. What was their debut called? Uh, Saturate. That's right. Yeah. That was what, 2001? Oh, two. Oh, two. Two? Holy crap. I didn't realize that this record came out two years after Hybrid Theory. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. 
saturate. So this is the one with polyamorous and yeah, it's a good record, man. Dude, front to back. How many singles did this have? Shallow Bay. Next to nothing, don't natural that, life. Don't know what that is. What? Don't know what that is. I bet you I bet you would know all of them if you heard them. Don't know what any of those are. Sugarcoat. Let's play. Phase home. I don't want to know what any of those are. Dude, front to back. Such we'll a play the obvious one. Which one? Polyamorous? Is that what you're gonna play? Yeah. What did you say? What else was on this? Uh, home. You would know. You got to know Shallow Bay. I have no idea. What yes, that is. you do. I've never heard the record in full. Well, I know, but this this is a big song still. Where in the woods? Yeah, exactly. Sweet. All right, here we go. We'll listen to it. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people that would agree with you on this. That it's it is a great debut record. You think about it. Never heard this song. Get to the chorus. Hear it now, though. Get to the chorus. And this sounds really raw. All right, let's get to it, boys. I'm so inclined to make you mine. Sounds like pops on a Sunday. <laughs> That sounds like it should have come out in 1997. <laughs> because of, because of what? <laughs> what? What? Why do you say that? I don't know. It just it sounds weird for 2000. It sounds raw, doesn't it? Like, oh, I, I don't know. It's. It I, I never pretty, realized it. Yeah, you just now. You just <laughs> now realized that. That's funny. Um, do you think Polyamorous will get get us flagged? Who's the record label on this? Is it Warner Brothers or something? Here, we'll do just the song. Uh, Hollywood Records. They're a subset of one of those. I haven't listened to this song in two years, three years. Yeah, this like production wise sounds so much better than the other song. I don't know what the deal is. So what what year did Three Days Grace debut album come out? Because that was a good debut album also. So that would be the one with I Hate Everything About You, right? So that was a year later. That was 03. Yeah. Just Like You, I Hate Everything About You. It's a good debut. Uh, it's a good one. Yeah. So for me, for me, it would be Hybrid Theory would be up there. It'd probably be in my top. It would be in my top five. Hybrid Theory, 10 by Pearl Jam. I would say Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Biggie, Ready to Die. Gotta be. I mean, that's one of the best records. <laughs> um, Nas Ilmatic, it was a debut record. Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. There's another... Oh, shit. What's the... Oh, Beastie Boys licensed it all. Was it their debut? It's a good one. So 
my, I mean, my top two would be Hybrid Theory and 10. 10 by Pearl Jam would probably be my number one because every song's great. Every song could be on, same with Hybrid Theory. Every song in Hybrid Theory could have been a single, but I feel the same way about 10. But so I didn't even know, but I just found it before we started. Um, Rolling Stone did their top 100 debut records. Ask me where Hybrid Theory is in the top 100, according to Rolling Stone. You want me to? Okay, Patrick, where is Hybrid Theory in Rolling Stone's debut records? It's not. At all? Not in the top 100? It's not in the top 100. That's nope. insane. They pissed me off. I don't know why I even bother, but yeah, Isn't it, is number one Appetite for Destruction? No. Appetite for Destruction is number eight. Okay, it's getting up there. Number one is Go Away Ad, I'll Kill You. There it is. All right. Um, oh, their website sucks. My God. So if you're able to pull it up, let's, on my, let's look at like the working top. Working on my phone. Like the top 20 or something. Number one is, is, is Soundgarden The Ramones. The Ramones. Okay. I don't think I don't think so. No. Ready to die is number two. Velvet Underground. Everyone loves that. I don't care necessarily. <laughs> Wu Tang. Let's get one. Patty Smith. Jimmy. That would have been another one I would have named. Uh this really, really pisses me off. I mean really bugs me. It's Rolling Stone. It really, they ha- they have to be it, really bugs me okay it makes Eight. sense okay makes sense the okay. clash makes sense liz fair totally rem totally great record clips love it wouldn't put it in the top 20 but it's cool good record fine i i don't i'm not a huge fan of frank ocean he's got a couple of songs that are okay to me but Okay, the band from 1968. Eric B. and Rakim, everyone's favorite go-to, I know all of my hip-hop record, Madonna, Steel Pulse, I'll be honest with you. No idea who that is. Don't know who that is. Don't know who it is. Not going to pretend like I do. The Strokes, is this it? Sure. Joy Division, Cardi B, number 20, fuck off. Who cares? They can fuck off with this. Fuck off. You know she's in like top 50 MC lists all over the place. And she's not even like number 50. She's like number 10. That's crazy. It's atrocious. Beatles. Trying to figure out. Yeah, DMX. This was a good one. This is the one I was trying to think of. Definitely in my top five. Definitely. What was on here? DMX. It's oh, dark r- and that was hot. Rough Riders Anthem was on there? Oh, yeah, dude. Nice. Yeah. Get at me, dog. Stop being greedy. Come on. SZA. Like, Really? Kanye, fine. Cars, Nas, there you go. So what out? What was on this Taylor Swift album? Was it the? I hope you weren't asking me that, hoping for an answer. I was. Tell you would know because <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> okay. Jay Z is a good one. Run DMC is a good one. There's Olivia Rodrigo, dude. Number thirty nine, according to Rolling Stone. I like this record a lot. But it wouldn't be in my top 300 debut records of all time. But they got it number 39. How do you feel about that? Dude, look at the album cover. Why? Well, you know it used to be different, right? 
You know, she had to change it. She what? got sued by Courtney Love. Because what did it used to look like? So it looked like the old whole album cover. It was like a, let me bring it up and show you. Why am I trying to explain it? I might even be able to find an image of what it looked like before. So this right here. See this? Uh-huh. So that was whole live through this famous record by them. Iconic record. This was Olivia Rodrigo's. Uh, so she really? sued her. Is that enough to sue Love sued her. It's nothing like it. It's so dumb. I mean, if you kind of look at like the aesthetics of like it's the ma the, the eyeliner, my hair, whatever. Yeah, but do you think she was purposely? Who cares if she was? It's not the same. Oh, man. But also, be flattered. Why do you care? Why are you suing this fucking seventeen-year-old girl, Courtney Love? Like, probably because, probably because she wanted to be in the news. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. So that's what it looks like now. And it is a bad album cover. It's terrible. The other one was better. <laughs> it's a, oh, man. You're such a hater. That's funny. Van Halen's good. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Number 41, really? De La Soul is a good one. B50. I'll give him the B52s. B52s are awesome. Leonard Cohen. Hallelujah. Portishead. Ooh. Alicia Keys. Don't get it. The Doors. Beastie Boys. How did... Uh, you might not even know anything about it, but... What? So something like that. So like Courtney Love sues Olivia Rodrigo for... for they don't even look alike. But how does Eminem no. get away with putting out the cover for Kamikaze? Have you seen what that? Is, I don't even know what it is. Dude, look up the album cover for Eminem's album, Kamikaze. Oh, Beastie Boys? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you think he got permission for that? Or do you think Probably he just not. did it and they didn't They didn't care? I think he just did it. What's the Beastie Boys? Ooh, it's pretty close. Jesus. Pretty close. It's identical. <laughs> it is identical, yeah. It's the same thing. I didn't realize it was the same thing. Yeah. That's a little bit different. He can get away with it. Got the engines right there. But Olivia Rodrigo can't get away with hers? I don't know. I would say that Eminem has a little bit more power in the music industry than Olivia Rodrigo does. Very true. And I would love to see Courtney Love try to sue Eminem. That would be funny. That would be funny. Funny, funny. Yeah, Linkin Park's not in the top 100, which is just... that's. A crime. It's a crime. But you know what's funny is they have them. I remember they put out a list of the top 500 albums of all time and hybrid theories in that. I know the, the distinction is a little bit different, but come on. Hmm. I don't know. It's Rolling Stone also, though, so. Yeah, they suck, man. I, I, I don't know why I do this to myself. I used to, I mean, dude, that used to be royalty for me. Like, when I was a kid, I used to scrounge together change, take aluminum cans to the recycling plant to get any money I could together to go to the newsstand and buy the new Rolling Stone. I mean, I still have some of them. You know, when Kurt Cobain died, the one with his face on the cover, you know, born this day, died this day. Mm -hmm. um, 
that you know that the chili peppers when uh uh snoop and in tupac and suge knight were on the cover and you know but now it's just they always were criticized back in the day too like classic rock bands hated 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 them as a publication because back then magazines could make or break an album for you a lot of times with with a lot of the what what you expected or who you expected to become fans wouldn't because of a bad review by Rolling Stone or whatever. It's just so crazy to think about now. Like someone gives you a bad review, who cares? You get bad reviews every two seconds on the internet now. Like, yeah, who gives a shit? But that's the way the music industry was back then. Speaking of the music industry, before we get out of here. I got to talk about Spotify. Okay. Did you read the story about how they're potentially not going to pay smaller artists anything? No, I'm interested in this. Not going to pay smaller artists, meaning like, what are they? So here's what they're doing. What do they qualify as smaller artists? So you have to have, essentially you have to have a specific amount of streams or you have to get a certain number before they even start paying out royalties. Okay. So obviously the smaller the smaller artist who doesn't get Drake streams could potentially be hit by this. So they're doing the old YouTube monetization thing where like you have to have a certain amount of subscribers and a certain amount of hours before you even can monetize your channel. This is what Spotify's doing now, which is criminal. So many bigger artists need to come out and speak out against this. So you're going to take my music, you're going to put it on the site, you're going to put it on your platform, you're not going to pay me. Because I only have 10,000 listeners or whatever. But they know they'll criminal. Get, they know they'll get away with this because thing I mean things like this happened not too long ago and they like nothing happened. Like artists were pulling their music down from Spotify and they were just like, "Okay, whatever." So the new the new Spotify rules will dictate that a track's annual streams must meet a minimum threshold to generate royalties. So ridiculous. There will also be financial penalties to record labels who attempt to game the system with fraudulent activity on tracks. Plus, a new minimum playtime requirement will be implemented on non-music and noise tracks. What is fraudulent activity on tracks? So, Rock Band released 1,032nd songs to trick Spotify Spotify royalty payout. Uh, a rock band called The Pocket Gods have decided to release a 1,000-track album with each of the songs clocking in at around 30 seconds. Why 30 seconds? The current Spotify streaming model activates revenue from the stream of a song after 30 seconds of airing. The band were reportedly inspired by an article, The Independent, where it was suggested that Spotify's current methods could signal the end of the three-minute pop song. I saw the article and it made me think, why write longer songs when we get paid little enough for just 30 seconds? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. UK band noted that you get approximately 0.002 cents as a payment when a song streams, and it's the same rather a full song plays or just 30 seconds. Makes sense. So game in the system, whatever. I mean, that... At the end of the day, they're... They're, it's criminal. 
It's criminal. I, I don't know how else to say it. Do you think any other streaming service will take this same? I sure hope not. I hope not too. Like a minimum. Th- I wonder what the minimum threshold is. At the end of the day, they're playing your fucking music. They're letting other people playlist your music. You should be paid a royalty, whether you, it's point zero zero two cents. That's it's, it's very or true. not. It's very true, but they know that you have one. These artists have one of two options: either you don't put your music on there and take the chance on people not hearing it, or you put it on there and you don't make money unless you get enough streams. But I I don't I don't know I. I feel like they're just they're just playing the game and playing with people because they know they can. I don't like it. Someone needs to I so a new threshold of minimum annual streams that a track must meet before it starts. The threshold according to MBW will demonetize tracks that have previously received half a percent of Spotify's royalty pool. Financial penalties of music Financial penalties for music distributors and labels when fraudulent activity on tracks they have uploaded to Spotify has been detected. A minimum playtime length that non-music tracks such as bird sounds or white noise. So I mean, is the this changes like- come from conversations that have been going on between Spotify and the three major labels: Universal Music Group, Sony, and Warner, as well as other labels and distributors. While Spotify and the labels say these changes will stop fraud, what it looks like it will mean for small artists attempting to get the music heard on Spotify is that they will be paid even less than they were bringing in before. Which, how could you even make less than you were making before? But you can. What's this? Fuck down, them, dude. What, what's this down here? Oh, are you still on that? The, the Fucking pu- criminals. The, the punk Sorry. Rock, it said the punk rock NBA on, on Loudwire. He was saying that Spotify doesn't pay artists. Oh, it's just a... This right here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to do my best to make this as simple (laughs) as possible, but it is a little bit complicated, so please bear with me. So the first thing is, you may have heard people say things like Spotify pays artists .00001 cents per stream or whatever, and that is actually not true. There is no exact amount that Spotify pays artists per stream. The way that it actually works is at least conceptually pretty simple. Spotify takes all the money that they make every month from ads and subscriptions. They keep 30% of that for the themselves and they give the rest, which is about 70% to the owners of all the music on the platform. But from there, it gets a little bit more complex. You might be asking yourself, how exactly do they divide up all that money across the millions of artists that are on Spotify? The amount that each individual artist gets paid is based on what percentage of Spotify's overall streams that they get. So if Spotify paid out a billion dollars in royalties this month, and Drake was 10% of the overall streams for the month, And he gets a check for $100 million to put on his coffee table next to all his other $100 million checks. And again, there is no actual per stream rate, but generally speaking, the way that that works out is somewhere around $3,500 per 1 million streams. Right. So to use the example I mentioned earlier, Eve 6, their song Inside Out has 140 million plays, which means that it's generated around $490,000 in streaming royalties just from that one song alone. Pretty amazing for a 20 year old song, right? Spotify legitimately pays out a ton of money every Now, here's the problem with that. Okay. The problem with that is is you have a nostalgia band with a built-in audience with a song that already did its due diligence 
across pop culture in movies and TV shows in whatever. Right. But do you just take it down so like, because of that? No, you don't. To give, but I'm to saying make like, way for say, other people like, to... to say that it's amazing that they made $490,000 off of 140 million plays. Let's think about that on a smaller level. I put out a song. It gets 400,000 plays. I don't make dick. But what if I sold 400,000 singles? We're talking about a completely different thing. Right. It's still criminal. Like, I don't care if the band made 490,000 off that. Like, Spotify made a lot of money off of that band. Off of that band being like successful and writing a hit song. That's my point. That's what bothers me about it. Here. And they always highlight this with examples of how many artists are getting paid a lot of money from the platform. For example, they claim that last year, over 1,000 artists got paid over a million dollars each and over 50,000 artists made over $10,000. So if Spotify is paying out billions, why do you still hear artists say that they get paid peanuts from streaming? Well, the answer to that question is one word, record labels. Okay, that's actually two words, but you get my point. Because the thing is that Spotify doesn't really pay musicians at all, per se. When they send out a check, that money actually goes to whoever owns the music, which is usually the record label. And so when you hear artists talk about owning their masters, this is what they're referring to, and that's why they care about it so much. So the label gets the money, and then the amount that they send the band depends on the details of their contract. It's called their royalty rate. And that amount can vary wildly depending on the contract, but generally speaking, it's somewhere around 15 to 25%. So let's say that you're in a band that gets 10 million plays on your new song. You're stoked, right? Because that is roughly $3,500 in royalties. But because that money goes to the label, the band only gets somewhere around 5,250. I can stop it there, right? Yes, that's crazy. I mean, sh shut the fucking the fucking sliding jail door. You know what I mean? Put these fuckers in jail. It's criminal. It's fucking criminal. The labels and Spotify have come together to make it impossible for an artist to make a living off of streams. There's the, you like, you have to be Drake. You have to be Taylor Swift for it not to be a crime. And he said the wrong number there. 10 million plays would yeah. equal 35,000. Yeah. He said 3,500, but which is fine. He put a graphic up, so it saved it. But like, so now you're going to put a stipulation on, well, you have to have this amount of streams before we'll even pay you out royalties. And isn't it crazy that they're going to make, can get in isn't it crazy that like the big news around Spotify is that they don't pay artists enough or, you know, they don't get their due, but now they're going to say, okay, well, all the people who are complaining about that, especially you little guys, we're just not going to pay you at all. They're, that's essentially why I, yeah, I guarantee that has something to do with it. They're basically saying do better, but yeah. you're not giving us the option to do better. It it, it makes no sense. They're making it, it's 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 exactly what record labels did when they started changing the record deals to be like 360 deals like we're not only going to take royalties but we're going to take part of your merch and part of your touring mm. and we're going to do this, but we'll give you money up front like Spotify doesn't do that, but it's just, it's the same sort of backhanded well, negotiating type tactic and like rules and like fine print, you know, and then you have like the other thing that <laughs> we can maybe get into this on a different show, but I had, I actually sent this to 
a friend of the show. But I had I had someone reach out to me on Twitter. They said, "Hey, your music would fit in great with blah 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 blah. Send me links or are you interested in this?" And I looked up the profile. I'm like, "Oh, this guy has like 230,000 Twitter followers, and he claims to be an A and R at a record for whatever." But then I started looking and I started looking at his posts and clicked on his website. I was like, "Hmm, something's fishy here." So. He was essentially asking me to give him money to have my music shopped. Like, I'm not giving you anything. <laughs> I'm not giving you anything. Well, I can get your music to playlist curators. Okay, I'm not paying you to do that. <laughs> and those people can get fucked. Who are they? They're nobody. Right. They're anybody. Anyone can make a playlist. You're a curator? Fuck you. What do you know better than anybody else? You made a playlist. Right. And you're helping Spotify be criminals taking my song and you're putting it on a playlist that other people can hear for free that now you're not going to get paid for. And you know, you know, what's crazy too is like Finn McKinty was explaining how the whole thing actually works. It does not really like point zero 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 one or whatever. It's like, you know, you take it is, all, it, it is, but, but, it but isn't. you take all of the money yeah. that's that Spotify makes and essentially that is broken down into everybody that's on Spotify. Well, now if they're even your smaller artist, if, if you have a million small artists that are only getting like 500 plays and they're not going to pay them now, the play, the money from those plays are now going to go to everyone else. So it's yeah. like, now it's, it's not just like, we're not going to pay you. It's like, we're going to also take that money we were going to give you and give to it's the other to people else. who are making more money, you know, have more streams. That's insane. To be honest with you, that, that's probably not going to the other artists. It's probably going to Spotify. They're probably just pocketing that money. Okay. There's there's probably a loophole that they found. I guarantee it. Possibly. The, the, the basic thing is this. If you want to make money off streaming, own your music and yeah. get more plays. That's it. If you don't own your music, you're fucked. If you don't get a lot of plays, you're fucked. Obviously, you should want to try to get as many plays as possible, but own your own your music. Period. And it's still not great. Yeah, the problem is owning If you're owning. if you're a solo artist and you have 150,000 plays on one song in a week, that's fucking great. If you're a band and you have five people, that sucks. Right. You're not living off that. You're right. all getting day jobs. <laughs> right. Well, it is. But think if, again, if you're a band of five, you're on the road, you're working, you sell 150,000 singles, we're talking about something different. Right. We're talking about, ooh, let's get some push behind this. Right. What if we get to 300,000? Oh, shit. What if we go gold? Right. It changes the dynamic of what you're doing. Right. Dreaming? Fuck it. Fuck it. It's criminal, man. Nice. I, I, 20 years from now, the music industry is going to change again. We're going to look back on this. People are going to be talking about it. And there's going to be artists going, I can't believe all these dumb fucks gave their music away for free. Someone's going to be saying it. It's going to, 20 years might be too soon, but somewhere down the line, that's going to happen. Artists are going to be like, Grandpa, you used to give your music away for free? <laughs> yeah, I had to. No fucking choice. 
Like I had no fucking choice. If I didn't, someone else was going to take it and give it away for free. Yeah. I don't know. It's a bummer. Let's leave it a bummer unless you have something positive to say. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> STL City SC, Sunday night against Kansas City. Yeah. Game one of the playoff that would series. Be, that would be great to watch if it was at 9 o'clock on a Sunday night. At 9 o'clock. Fucking And I have something important ridiculous. to do in the morning on Monday, but I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> oh, God. I can't. I, w- I would love to, but no. There have been a lot of people complaining how late it is, but I they had to do that because they weren't sure what the rest of the playoff schedule was going to look like. But aren't they saying we kind of got screwed? You would think they would kind of... We don't have to go deep down this, but aren't they kind of saying that we got screwed because we're basically being placed in like a as a West Coast team? Yes, that's why. We're in the Western... Yeah, I mean, they're... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got screwed. How about... We got Give screwed. the number one seed. Give the number one seed. Seven o'clock. You'll give us the seven o'clock spot, right? That'd be great. Come on. I know there's Sunday night football and you got to compete, but it's on Apple anyway. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, that's true. Which I've been paying for and I've watched seven games all year. I, I, uh, I only got Apple for... Ted Lasso, and I finally canceled it. Like I got it for a, the MLS. Month ago. I've I've watched eight games, and one of them wasn't a St. Louis game. It was when Messi made his debut. Oh yeah, I watched that. Yeah. That's. <laughs> hey. So, uh, all for city. Let's go. Yep. Sunday night, baby. Nine p.m. Good, it is pretty good. cool that it's against Kansas City. First, that is first neat. playoff series ever inaugural season. That is neat. Playing Kansas City. That's you can't ask for a better story. We get swept. It's gonna suck, but knocking on some wood somewhere. Another but, uh uh I seventy matchup. Yeah, I hate calling it that, but yeah. Yeah, that's what of it is. course you would. I seventy series. You know, Cardinal <laughs> fans don't like that, man. We got screwed. Well. On a blown call. Well. You know about that, right? Yes. Okay. I think we've talked about it. No. We haven't talked about that. Are you sure? I don't think so. Let's not do it now. Let's get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) We're out.